consistent self-improvement, everybody. You are now listening to American Gypsy Podcast. I am your host, Classic, and I am here with my co-host. Gypsy, and today we have Kim Sorrell. She is an entrepreneur, director of a nonprofit organization, speaker, and author who dedicated a life-changing year to discovering the true meaning of love and, write, and wrote a book about it called Love Is. Kim, it's great having you here. Welcome it's great having you. Thank you so much, you guys. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to tonight. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, where are you from and where do you live now? Uh, I am from Michigan. Okay. And so we're the only state that you can hold up your hand and point to where in the state you are. So to get some, uh, so Detroit's here and I'm on the other side of the state in an area called Grand Rapids. Okay. But most okay. Of the so anyway, two hours away, not far. <laughs> <I've heard laughs> okay. Yeah, so this is where I grew up and uh, it's uh, about 20 minutes from Lake Michigan, which is wonderful because it's like having an ocean without salt and sharks. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's kind of fun. Yeah. 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 I used to live in Minnesota, so I'm, I'm familiar with Grand Rapids. Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, you know, what's funny about Minnesota. I've got a friend who lives in St. Paul. And I watched the weather. You people are insane. Yeah. <laughs> I, was I ran yeah, away I as fast as I could. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we get snow and we get cold, but we're hardly ever below zero. And I'll watch and it'll be below 20 or, you know, 20 below or 40 below. Or I, I don't know. Like you just go out, your face will freeze. With, I yeah. don't know how you do it. Yeah. And yeah. they still go to school. I was like, oh, yeah. It's a different. <laughs> breed of kids <laughs> yeah. Be hearty, right yeah yeah so what made you focus on love well uh, a few years ago i was diagnosed with breast cancer and four months later my husband was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and he passed away six weeks after that oh, i was 47 years old and and you know it wasn't the life i thought was going to happen i thought we were going to be those old people in our 90s drinking lemonade, you know, rocking on a porch, right? Yeah. And uh, I found myself 47 years old in this life, very unexpected life. I, I met my husband. Uh, I was never going to get married. I was never going to have kids. I was going to be the first woman president. I had my life laid out. <laughs> Told her handsome man walked into my life and, and swept me off my feet. Uh, May of my senior year in high school. Wow. And uh, 10 days after I met him, I asked him if he would marry me. He said yes. And we got married a little less than a year later. Wow. And two years later, kids started coming. And I'm not, I, I haven't run for president yet. I don't know if you knew that, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the president. But um, yeah, so, uh, you know, it was my, my life. I mean, my whole adult life, I was with this man that I loved. We had a, a great relationship. My parents didn't have such a great one. And I really wanted a good marriage. So I decided I was going to have one. And uh, and he was wonderful. And, and so it just um, changed my life, right? Like changed everything, my future. I didn't know up from imagine. down, sort of, right? And I still had to go through my cancer journey and get through that. And and then uh, figure stuff out. And so I did what any other newly widowed 
cancer survivor would do, I went to Haiti. <laughs> and, and while I was there, I thought, gosh, you know, love, I just questioned love. What is the real meaning of love? You know, if you, if you believe but, in God, you know, you've experienced it though. After. I experienced it. Yes. But did I, did I experience everything I could, you know, like I was missing that love and did I do it right? Did I do him right? You know, did I do it right? And really, if you think about it, there's no manual, right? You don't go right. to the bookstore, yeah. there's a look dummies, you know, right? Yeah. So you learn from your parents, you learn from whoever, and not everything we learn is necessarily correct and true. So that's why love, I just felt like I needed to figure it out. What made you pick Haiti? Well, I run a nonprofit organization okay. and uh, doing work in Haiti. And so uh, that's, that's why Haiti. Okay. Uh, yeah, a country I love. So yeah, share that experience with us a little bit. When you first got to Haiti, what was that like? Well, the very first we time I went to Haiti, uh, I swore I would never go back again. I um, was put in a couple of different positions. I had a meeting with some people and then uh, left there with no ride back to where I was staying. I had no idea where I was. and. There was like sewage running down the streets and I was in an area called City Soleil. It's one of the worst slums in the world. And, uh, you know, you go some places and you see people that don't have shoes, right? Well, here are some people that didn't have clothes, you know, didn't have anything. And, and I didn't know how I was going to get back, what I was going to do. Finally, I got transportation and... But just kind of everything about it, I thought, oh my gosh, I just can't do this again. I can't. It was hard work. It was, you know, I cried every night. It was just so tough. And I was home for about two weeks and couldn't wait to go back to Haiti again. Wow. Just, yeah, something about it that just gets in your gets in your blood. So that when you went back, you figured out how to make it work a little bit or what was the experience like the second time you were a little more prepared and emotionally, I guess you had got some things out of the way. So what was the return like and what kind of helped you to smooth out, I guess, the rest of your visit, if it was, how, how was it? Was it a success the second go around? Yes. Yeah, okay. it really was. It was a whole different experience. Having been there before, like you said, certainly helped. But uh, what really changed for me was my mind. Um, I've been in some tough places, you know, I've been in the slums of, um, in Kenya and Nairobi, there's, you know, some tough slums over there. I've been to Burkina Faso in West Africa, one of the poorest countries in the world and, uh, do a lot of work in Dominican Republic. There's a lot of poverty there, you know, just where people need help, but there is nothing like Haiti. Haiti is its own, its very own thing. I mean, they, have their own language and culture and just everything about Haiti is different than the other side of the island, which is Dominican Republic. And uh, it's just a unique, a very unique place to go with the most wonderful, resilient people I have ever known in my life. So for me, really going to Haiti is an honor. I, I love that 
they let me in <laughs> and that I, I get to be there because it's amazing. It's we've tough. traveled. It's hard, but it's amazing. Yeah, we've traveled a few places, but Haiti has to be on the list as well. So yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll take you. You let me know. We'll go together. I'll show you. Sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that always helped. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I had an exchange student when I was in middle school. Um, he was from Brazil. So I got a chance to go to Brazil when I was 15 and um, spend a month there. And, you know, I walked around. I didn't know the language, but I was quite free, you know, to kind of just do my little journeying around. And I enjoyed it. It was an experience. I didn't, you know, I, I knew what to be afraid of, but I didn't, I wasn't really afraid of too much then. So right, I, I right. remember, I, I don't, I was never in any, any type of situation because my, my exchange student, I'm quite sure compared to the, um, the people around them, they were pretty well off. So it was a pretty safe environment. I do remember visiting a public school with us, someone that I had met and that was more of a different experience and got a chance to see more, you know, in the, the um, lower cost, I guess, you know, in the more in the poor area of whatever. And I can't quite even remember the neighborhood. We were about two hours um, west of Sao Paulo. So mm -hmm. it was a, it was a pretty nice experience. Um, I definitely, Brazil is definitely probably one of the first places though that I've been to and just saw the slums and the mountains. And that was my first time experiencing that and kind of looking at it and, you know, learning more about that. But I could say from then, L.A. has may have been the only second place. Or, well, no. Well, yeah, I could say L.A. have may have been another place where I just can compare it to seeing a slum village, basically, from downtown L.A., um, Skid Row and everything. So yeah, it's tough a, to see, right? Very yeah. tough to see. Like, like for me, you know, it certainly puts life in perspective and um, makes you think differently about what you have, what you need, what you can give, what you can do, mm -hmm. you know, who you can help or whatever. You know, I, whenever I come back from Haiti, I take shorter showers, you know, water is so mm -hmm. precious mm -hmm. and uh, it's real easy to just take a real long shower here. Right. Mm -hmm. But um, there's not infinite water. And uh, I throw, you know, come home and, and it kills me to throw away food from my refrigerator because I didn't eat it. I bought it yeah. and I had too much food. And I go to Haiti where the average Haitian eats three meals a week. And yeah. uh, it's, you know, I wonder sometimes why, why were we born here, right? I mean, we could have been born anywhere. And so I feel like I've got a responsibility to then help. I, I have extra. And so I, I need to help. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a very big heart. Well, I think you probably have the same. <laughs> oh, yeah. It hurts to kind of walk around where we are, but we, you know, and often grateful, but that's one of the biggest motivations. It's like to be become successful enough to be able to, help a large group of people the way you know you want to mm -hmm. yeah. yeah that's a great i wanted to ask um you've been through a lot but you got through all of it and you know you were successful and, and like what are some things that helped you get through 
um, having breast cancer, losing your husband, and all of the rocky <laughs> road that you've been through? Well, you know, one of the things that helped is I started writing when I was diagnosed because I went to the bookstore and everything was either very medical or depressing. And I thought, well, what does it feel like? Like, you know, what's it supposed to feel like? I didn't know. And and so I started writing really as a way to update family and friends and going to the doctor tomorrow, surgeries on this day, you know, or whatever. But um, I... Uh, uh, it became so much more than that. And before I knew it, 5,000 people were reading what I was writing every day. And then I continued to write. So, you know, like one of the things I had to decide because I didn't know you had to make these choices. I thought you go to the doctor, they tell you what to do. But no, there's, <laughs> there's choices along the way. And one of the choices I had to make, uh, classic, sorry if this is embarrassing for you, but I had to decide one side or two. And we were sitting at the dinner table and um, I was talking about it. And one of my sons said, mom, would you get new siding on just half the house? And I went, oh yeah, <laughs> nope, I wouldn't. I guess it answers my question too, it is, you know, whatever. But I continued, I was still writing, you know, when my husband was, was diagnosed and through that time. And then, so I wrote for a little over a year and uh, that was very therapeutic. But I think the thing that helped me the most is realizing we can't choose everything in life. Like there's some things we would not choose. I wouldn't choose to have cancer. I wouldn't choose for my husband to have cancer. I wouldn't choose to lose him ever, you know, but those choices are beyond my control. I have no control of those choices, but I do have control over how I'm going to embrace life going forward and what my life is gonna look like going forward. And if I'm gonna be happy, or if I'm gonna, you know, keep the cloud over, over me all the time, you know? So uh, I just decided I get to pick, like those are choices I need to make the choices, I need to make good choices on the choices I can make because there's too many choices that I have no control over. Yeah. So, Going back to the love experiments or, you know, just um, learning more about that. What are some things that you uh, learned? Oh, my word. I, I'll tell you. Um, so I use this 2,000-year-old verse that you hear at a lot of weddings. Love is patient. Love is kind. Does not envy, etc. Right? And I decided I would take one word a month and focus on that and figure out what is love that is patient and, and et cetera. But there were 14 words, so the math didn't quite pan out, so it took me a little bit longer than a year. But uh, as I was going through the months, I would, you know, I thought I knew. Every chapter I, I write what I think it's gonna be, and every single one, it's like, I know what patience is, I know what kindness is, you know, I know not to be proud, you know, you know whatever, like it all seems so simple. But what I figured out is, when you put love is or love is not in front of any word, it completely changes the meaning. Yes. So like right out of the gate, love is patient. So I'm thinking, oh, I know what patience is. You're not honking your horn when you're stuck in traffic, right? You're not mm -hmm. tapping your foot because you're ready to go and he's not, you know, whatever. And uh, But I figured out that love that is patient is so different than that. Mm -hmm. I believe you're supposed to love everybody. 
And so love this patient would love the person you're with enough to recognize that this moment right here, right now is the most important moment of your life. What's in the past is in the past. What's in the future is yet to come. Right now, right here deserves your full attention. If you love the person you're with, you're not thinking about your to-do list. You're not thinking about something that happened yesterday. You're right here, completely, totally focused right here. And that is showing love that is patient. And boy, did that take me a lot of practice. I stunk at it. Like I thought I was the greatest multitasker. I can think of three things at once and you know, have a handle on all of them. I am not a multitasker. I get distracted easily, you know, anything that runs by or whatever. And uh, so I've had to really practice that. And that, that alone has changed my life because to really be present in the moment and not let the moment go by, not miss it, it's gonna come and go whether you're in it or not, right? Yeah. But if you're in it, I, I, I listen differently. I pay attention differently to who I'm with. When I say, how are you? I actually want to hear the answer. Yeah. And so that's one of the things uh, that I learned, one of the many, many things I learned. I feel like there's levels of understanding and sometimes when you ask a question like you might think you understand what patience is but when you I feel like when you ask the question like the universe will give you examples to kind of help you um, see it in in real life playing out so I think that's so true you know I was always afraid to uh, pray for patience because I thought I'd get it you know and i wasn't real patient you know whatever like i thought i'd get thumped over the head with it or whatever so but you're so right gypsy like going through that month i just in my head i was thinking love is patient where is it where is it love is patient love is patient love is patient and yes so the stuff that i went through month every single month it took me the whole month and then something would happen at the very end of the month that i'd go oh that's what it is that's what that means. And uh, so, yeah, it was on. Um, so, yeah, the patient month was uh, a challenge. Every month was a bit of a challenge, I got to say. Yeah. How do you think since um, like 2020 and even up to now, how do you think that the vibration of love has changed um, with the, the, the people now after experiencing so much and even experiencing what they're experiencing now? How do you, you know, I think there's, yeah, yeah, I hear, yeah, I think there's two things going on. I think one, one thing that's gone on is I think people have connected with their families more, right? They've had more time at home, more time with the kids, you know, more time, more togetherness. And so there's probably some good love going on that way. But, you know, we've all heard that there's some bad love going on that way too, with, you know, abuse and whatever. But there's probably some real good things that have happened with connecting. But the opposite of that is it's divided us. You know, there's vaxxers and anti-vaxxers. There's, you know, the Republicans and the Democrats, the this and the that. We put labels on people. And and then then we assume things about them because they have this label, because they're patient or they're, you know 
from New York. I don't know, you know, whatever they happen to be. Right. Right. And, but we're not our labels, you know, those things might be true of us, but that's, that's not who we are. Yeah. But we, we live in a society that does, you know, push that the most, the create a a label. Right. Right. And then the labels create this big division. And if you, uh, like I found that in conversation, when I really listen to somebody and don't assume what they're going to say, and they might have the opposite viewpoint that I do going in, but I'm curious, like, I want to know why, then why do you believe that way? Like, if I believe this way, what has happened that you believe that way? Like, I believe that every day we live has led us to today, right? Yeah, our experiences. Those days have had an impact on us. And so it shapes our thinking and it shapes our belief system. And so to be open, to learn from people, you know, know, I've got great friends that are Democrats, great friends that are Republicans, great friends that are vaxxers, great friends that aren't vaxxers, you know, whatever. And it's all good. Like, I think that's part of the beauty is that people can believe differently and it's okay. It's okay. They can. And, and listening, you might learn something like I learned stuff all the time, you know? And so, yeah. So love, I I don't know, like, you know, in some ways it's gone out the door and in some ways it's increased, I think. So how do you, she may have asked this a little bit, but of course, some of the things that you've done, fear would probably be the first thing that would be the challenge that you have to get over, even just like with going to Haiti or even dealing with the breast cancer or the loss of a husband. What are some of the tools or your your best foundations that you use and that you could go to when fear was just like right there on you? Yeah, well, I, I try to rebuke fear. <laughs> you know, it's funny. We, we can tell those- from yeah, <laughs> yeah. your life definitely re- reflects that you try to rebuke fear yeah yeah actually kind of a funny thing i've got a good friend who tells me that i am the dumbest smart person she knows (laughs) (laughs) i can get myself into not the greatest of situations unknowingly you know not trying to but trusting too much or you know whatever and smart enough to get out Right, exactly. <laughs> I guess so. like, I'm here, so I guess that's true. But yeah, it's um, when I was diagnosed with cancer, uh, people would say, "Oh, why you, guy, Kim? You coach? You you know you do this, you do that, you you know run a nonprofit? Like, why you? Why you?" And I was always like, "Well, why not me? You know, what would make me immune? Mm. You know, I don't think that." that um, bad things happen to bad people and good things happen to good people. Like that's not how our world works. Right. right? I mean, good things can happen because you help them out to happen. Right. Cause of the way you live and choices you make, but uh, nobody's upstairs going, I think I'm going to give him cancer because did you see what he just did? You know, like that, that just doesn't happen. So it can happen to anybody, anytime, you yeah. know, losing my husband, uh, can happen and that kind of stuff can happen to anybody anytime. I mean, that, you know, life, life is what you make it. And so, you know, you can live in fear um, or, or rebuke it like I do. Yeah. 
questions? Did you have any questions for us? We meant to definitely say, if you have any questions, feel free to ask us. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I mean, I would love to know more about you guys. I know you play the cello, right? I have yeah. a granddaughter who plays the cello. Okay. Yeah, how yeah. long has she been playing? She's been playing for, I think, five years now. Okay. And then another granddaughter who plays the viola. Okay. And they love it. They just love it. There's something about string instruments, right? Yeah, that's very important that they love it, especially at a young age. I can't say I loved it necessarily growing up. I'm pretty good at it, but I can't say that I loved it. And I really, you know, I'm inspired by the, to see the kids that start young and actually love it at the same time. I love to hear yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. You know, there's so many kids that quit piano or quit whatever, yeah. and then as adults regret it, right? Yeah. Gypsy, I don't know if you are you musical. If you have anything not like at that. all. <laughs> I don't what about you? Are you? Um, do you have a music background? Um, I do. I uh, used to sing in the car with my kids, and they would beg me to stop. That's my. <laughs> <laughs> so, has, did music help you during this time? Was there any certain music and things oh my gosh yes lauren dragle i mean Daigle. there's so much good music out there right yeah. and music can heal the soul music gets down deep you know you might not memorize a poem or you might not you know remember words from a play or from a movie but music gets so deep inside that yeah, it gets just embedded it's right resonates yeah. and changes your mood i mean changes your life music is so powerful it's yeah it's such yeah. a tool that some wonderful people are using in some incredible ways to help us for us for our sake i guess speaking of music what was and we've had a conversation before on a previous podcast where um gypsy mentioned about um there was a I think it was a doctor that used sound to remove cancer. Yeah. And I was going to ask, um, if you don't mind me asking, what were some of the um, treatments that you experienced during your... Yeah, well, I the kind of cancer that I had, had hormone receptors. You know, some breast cancer does and some breast cancer doesn't. And it was caught early enough that uh, having a double mastectomy um, is... Uh, one thing that I had with reconstruction and um, I'll tell you coming home from the hospital uh, after that painful, horrible surgery, I uh, just thought of like lifetime movies, you know, and where they, where the woman has this moment alone in the bathroom in front of the mirror and then looks and go and, you know, and cries because they're gone, you know, whatever. So I, I, I went and I totally prepared for that moment. And, and I looked and man, did I have a great plastic surgeon? <laughs> like I, I did not have that moment. I never went through that moment, but because of the hormone receptors, I had, they had a complete hysterectomy and a colonoscopy and they did find bladder cancer uh, when they were doing that surgery. But, um, but you know, honestly, one of the greatest surgeries I've ever had because, you know, to be a woman and not have to monthly do things is kind of mm -hmm. nice. Yes. And so, um, and I, um, you know, some other reconstruction and some, some things like that, I didn't have to do radiation or chemo, 
Um, they felt like they got it all. So that was good. I hadn't traveled. Um, my husband tried chemo. There's a chemo that they'll give to pancreatic cancer patients to that they say probably doubles your life expectancy. Uh, but he, he, he did it once and his numbers never recovered enough to do it a second time. So, you know, I saw that end of it, but, you know, so it was, it was just, uh, such an interesting thing to go through. Um, one really good thing that came of it is my youngest son, Noah, uh, was doing his undergrad at the time that I was diagnosed and my husband was diagnosed. And he was going to do something in science. He was like, you know, biochemistry or whatever major he was, but he completely changed his focus and decided he was going to be a cancer researcher. So now he is Dr. Noah, PhD, and he's actually decided to get his MD, but he's discovered some pretty remarkable things um, that are helping advance uh, cancer research. Wow, that's amazing. And I love how you have such a positive outlook on everything. Like, even when you're telling this, what to everyone feels like this horrific story, you're still like, have a positive outlook on the whole thing. And just, you know, it's inspiring. Yeah, you're all Yeah, pretty nice. Because even for me, I've, I've had maybe a, a broken finger or, you know, the common cold, but I've never experienced a serious, serious illness. And I've always looked up to people that has survived those types of things because mentally, you know, I almost break down when I have a bad headache. So even <laughs> to go to a long-term type of thing, yeah, I've, like I said, I'm grateful to have your time and to be here with, with you to be able to have this conversation. Well, that's really sweet. Well, thank you. And it's inspiring. Yeah. I pray that you never do have to go through like a long-term illness, but I'm pretty confident that you would handle it just fine. And you you guys are pretty positive people. Like you'd make it work somehow. You'd figure it out. I appreciate that. And that's one of the reasons why we started the podcast is to as well be inspired by people like you and to connect and to learn and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love it. I love the premise of your podcast for sure. I guess on a fun note, what is your favorite place? You've traveled a lot and we love traveling. What's one of your favorite places? You can even say that. I'm sure it's hard. (laughs) Um, uh, Oh my gosh. Um, Okay. So on that, so there's uh, two different kinds of favorite places. Mm -hmm. One that was like, Oh my word. Well, three. I love to go to Disney World with my grandkids, right? Okay, so <laughs> but um, you know, a place that was like, holy cow, and so much to do and so much to see was Dubai. Mm. Was incredible, absolutely over the top, completely over the top, incredible, but absolutely incredible. And then, kind of a place that I so enjoyed going um, was um, was uh, Mumbai in in India. Okay. And um, it's crowded and it's, um, I don't know, it is what it is, and, but it, it's full of people and 
full of stuff going on and you have to learn how to cross the street because <laughs> there's certain ways to do it without getting killed and you know whatever but i took the train you know sometimes you see in magazines a picture of the train with people hanging off a out of the sides of it i was one of those people like i tried to get every experience i could and the people were wonderful wonderful kind wonderful people um the food's fantastic yeah, yeah. i love and, india yeah me too the culture and and i uh a place that i went i i went to um the slums mm -hmm. the the um slum dog movie oh you know? gotcha yeah yeah so I went there oh, because wow. I, I wanted to see, you know, I wanted to see if there was anything I could do. I wanted to see, you know, whatever. And I was so impressed. There are a million people living in those slums mm -hmm. and it's tough, but India's system, you know, if you're born and your dad's a doctor, you're going to be a doctor. If dad's a holy man, you're going to be a holy man, you know, whatever, like they have their places and their whatever. And for someone to get out of the slums, very difficult. So people have really learned how to survive and uh, they recycle. Like um, that's the way a lot of people make their living is going and yes, it's digging through trash. I mean, I'm not wishing it on anybody or thinking that's, you know, that oh, they got it so good because it's tough, it's tough. Yeah. But they're, you know, some people are getting the plastic or the rubber or the metal. Other people are washing it. Other people are sorting it. Other people are making things from it. And um, it, that to me was a beautiful thing to see. And, you know, the kids going to school and that there are schools and there are classrooms and that, you know, there's learning going on. And, you know, I think that's something that people get confused sometimes is that is, is they put poverty and laziness together. Yeah. And one has absolutely nothing to do with the other. You know, if uh, like in in a place like that, in a place like Haiti, people aren't lazy. That's not why they're living in poverty. It's it's a lack of opportunity. It's it's people holding people down. It's um, what some people do to other people that puts them in that situation. But it's not because they're lazy. Some of the hardest workers I know are Haitian. Some of the hardest workers I've seen are uh, in India and Mumbai. And um, just, uh, you know, try not to do that, people out there in the world. Yeah. You know, just because somebody doesn't have anything doesn't mean it's because they're lazy. And so those two things should never go hand in hand. Right. Yeah, yeah India is yeah. definitely on my bucket list. Like, yeah, <laughs> I don't even know where to start, but I just I know I, I want to go to a lot of places. Food, I love the food. What is the name of the celebration where they're throwing the colors? I think it's called paint? Diwali, but it might not be. That where they pops in my head every yeah. <laughs> time, and it's just so beautiful when I think about it. Just even seeing all the people with the different colors and stuff all over them. Yeah, so I like, know. I want to go there for the shock of it all. Like I know I'm gonna be like shocked by how, just how much people are just everywhere and yeah. and everything going on so yeah but isn't it cool to think you know we live our lives and we think everybody else lives kind of like we do you know whatever yeah. and then you go to different places and you go oh, no you know <laughs> it's way different you know and 
cultures, you know, I love learning about cultures and seeing different things that happen. Like in India, um, one of the things that was happening is there were women that would sell flowers um, like on the side of the road and people would buy them and then put them um, by a cow in the street because there's cows, you know, walking the streets Sick. or whatever. Like they, part of their tradition, part of their, their culture, their religion is um, to every day give something, you know, every day, every day. And so that was cool to see. Like, yeah. you know, uh, I think whatever religion people are, religion or non-religion, whatever, people like to just stand for a minute. That's right. You know, my God is the God, right? When really there's one and we all like him, you know, whatever, <laughs> you know, yeah. we, we have so much more in common than, than we think we do. Yeah. And, uh, the divine you know, connection live, right yeah, yeah i was saying the divine connection yeah yes yes yeah yeah even to that i, I like that it is it's the divine connection for sure what yeah. are some things when you're traveling um that you incorporate in your daily life whether that's like certain types of spices you learned about or certain practice that you learned somewhere. Um, Cause I was also going to ask, um, what, did you have any kind of diet change um, after your surgery or anything after, you know, your deal with cancer? Um, only by choice, by mm. choice I did. Uh, when I was diagnosed, I went on the, I don't know if people call it the cancer diet, but like nothing white. So no flour, no white sugar, no bread you know, whatever. And I did that for some time. And then, um, I, I just want to be healthy, you know, as healthy as I can be. And so, uh, I, I don't eat potatoes really hardly ever or sugar. Um, or I don't drink caffeine, not that that's healthy or unhealthy. I just, it, I'm, I have enough energy. <laughs> I don't need any more. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, so it changed by choice, but not um, because I had to change anything. Okay. Yeah. I guess back to her question. I'm sorry oh. to yeah. interrupt yeah. about the spices yeah. and your favorite spices. Yeah. Well, just in general, any kind of practice that you learned from traveling that you incorporate into your daily life. Yes. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, guy, that's so good. When I travel, um, I love to uh, not do what everybody else is doing and yes. be where all the tourists are, right? <laughs> that's like um, it's L.A. right I, I now. To, yeah, so right? That's us in I mean, L.A. right now. Still haven't walked down Hollywood Boulevard or anything like that. We go to the beach and yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, um, I went to an island right off of Mumbai, um, Elefante Island. And I had lunch. This woman invited me and my friend in for lunch. And we had lunch and sat on the floor and were served on these trays and ate with our hands. And it was an incredible experience, like getting off the, you know, the beaten path and not listening to people. Like people try to give you fear, right? Yeah. They try to say, oh, geez, don't go to that area. Oh, you don't man. know the language. And Right, exactly. But yeah. but it's like mm, people are people. People are people all over the world. 
And so uh, why is anybody going to want to, you know, hurt me? Like, you know, if I don't hurt them, I'm thinking I'm not going to get hurt. Right. So, yeah. And you you're know, vibrating so high. So, you don't, you know, you're not feeling like you're going to attract it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. You know, it, it might be going back to the dumbest smart person, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, I, but I've found that it's the best way to travel, like, and, and to eat the food. And, um, you know, eat the food on the streets, even though that's probably not good for you, but don't drink the water for sure. But, um, but try different things, meet people, you know, engage with people, you know, don't just look, you know, so, so in, in bringing that home, I just feel the same way. Like my world has expanded even at home. I live downtown in our city and, um, I love it. And there are people that live, unfortunately, um, on the streets. And um, I know a lot of them by name. And, uh, you know, talk and hang where other people are afraid of them. And it's like, when was the last time you saw a street person hurt somebody? Yeah. You know, yeah. people are living on the streets for different reasons, but not because they're all criminals. You know, oh, yeah. like they're not all about to, you know, whatever. They might ask you for a buck, you know, a gift to them or, right. or don't, your choice. But um, they're not dangerous. People aren't just all dangerous or, you know, you don't have to be afraid of people. It's okay. Or afraid of neighborhoods or whatever. Like, no, you know, venture out. We have a lot of experience with that in downtown LA when I was street performing uh, on my cello. And, you know, of course it's a, it's downtown LA. There's homeless people everywhere, but no, I've never really had a problem with someone trying to grab anything out of my bucket. A lot of times they understand the culture of a guy playing his music. There's a thing of money out here and a lot of them will walk by and reach in their pocket for whatever is down there below. A lot of times <laughs> homeless people do have a dollar or some change or like that and they will drop it in the bucket. So yeah. I, I've definitely have my experience with understanding what goes on with someone that is only homeless not necessarily you know psychologically disturbed or anything because la has a very big mixture of that you have people that just don't have a home but they're you know they're very together but they're just they just have their homeless experience and you have people that you know they're very far gone there's a another different issue so you can't necessarily put all of them in you know in the same bucket and like I say, even just from my own personal experience, and I'm grateful that I, I don't have a homeless story, but I've met pl- plenty of people that have, were homeless during my time out there and they got a nice positive energy and they've come back later on to tell me that life is better and they're not homeless anymore. They got somewhere to stay. And so people do get better with time. It's just, it's a, it's a, you know. It's life. Yeah. It's earth. You know. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And and the the way you live, the way I live, just because we live that way doesn't mean everybody needs to live that way, right? Yeah. And, you know. But so, I am a country boy from Mississippi. I guess I didn't put that on there. So <laughs> I definitely know about you know country. Yeah. And I grew yeah. up in West Jackson, so yeah, it's definitely more of the. Um, I guess, poor area of Jackson, Mississippi. So, Yeah, that had to be interesting, Mississippi. Oh, yes. Um, it's 
definitely yeah. an experience. It's a reverse from here, kind of, but the the nature or the trees and just the whole land itself. Yeah, it's it's something that I'm starting to value a lot more now. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. When you're in a concrete jungle. Yes. Like, yeah. Right? I yeah. used to want to live in the city and downtown and now I do. And now I want to live in a farm or somewhere <laughs> off grid with yeah. this internet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. Yeah. I know. To have some space. Right. Have yeah. Grass under your feet. <laughs> want to yeah. grow on a garden and all of that and yeah. you know lay in the grass we recently made a visit home and i you know got a chance to just lay in the grass and the sun hit me a little bit but out here especially of course we're in downtown la you gotta worry about dog poop and dog pee <laughs> and the grass and everything you know the grass is limited out here for a certain yeah. thing so you yeah. want to have a clearer mind yeah, be somewhere where you know you don't have to worry about that if you lay on the ground. So a lot of times, I guess that's why we go to the beach <laughs> and lay on the right, beach. Right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And and just avoid the dog poop on the beach. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, a lot better. Right. Yeah. But before you we, know, oh, go yeah. ahead, go ahead. No, well, I was just gonna say, you know, so much of what we're talking about really love is. I mean, you know, and things that I learned about love, like are the things that we're talking about. Like you guys um, exude it. Like I can tell that you love people, yeah. you know, like some people have a hard time loving people and some people are just sort of average. You guys exude it. You know, Thank you, 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 you obviously have love for people and, uh, and isn't that a better way? Yes. Like, yeah. Can you imagine the opposite of that? That'd be tough. It's a lot easier to love than people think. And right. Yeah. You know, it's and, hard work and, hating everything. I hate this. Oh, I hate this. Oh, I hate this. And I, that's hard work. And they don't know how much hard, hard work it is. So, yeah, it's easy. I'll tell to you. Kind of, right. It's so true. And one thing that, that, like, the overall thing that I discovered about love, real love, love the way it's supposed to be, is that it is complete freedom mm -hmm. because all you have to do is love. No judgment, no condemnation, no, they're wrong. No, you have no control over however anybody else lives, how they think, you know, what they say. You have no control. You've got control over yourself. You've got no control over them. So all you have to do is love them and let them be who they believe they're supposed to be. Let them be who they are, you know, who they were created to be. Let them live their life. You don't have to criticize in any way all you have to do is love it's so freeing you know it's not like i'm going to be standing and there's going to be a big line and i go oh you're in you're in you're out you're out right i mean how wonderful is it that we don't have to do that that's not part of our job here that's not what we're supposed to be doing all you have to do is love and that is so freeing i agree i guess to ask um at this point now what are what is your what are you moving towards as far as even whether it's a goal with the new relationship or a goal with um i know you have your book and we would like to of course share that as well what which are you looking to project out to attract in you know and as for more happiness as you, you know, yeah. continue your, well your life? i can tell you that um 
when I was in high school, I was so good at dating. I was good. I would walk into a room, you know, like a party and go, mm, who am I going to let drive me home tonight? You know, whatever. Like I was good. Now I stink at it. I am the worst dater in, in the world. Like I have pity dated, you know, like this poor guy, you know, needs a helping hand, you know, and then they'd be okay. I mean, I've dated for the wrong reasons. I've dated the wrong people. I, I have stunk at dating. And so I am perfectly content in that area of my life, just living it. And I've got five kids. I've got 11 grandkids. I've got lots of friends. I mean, there's a lot of people in my life. And so, uh, I just sold, I have been in business my whole life. And I just, it's interesting you asked that question because I just this week am closing on my last business. I sold wow. one last uh, winter and or December, just in December, and then now I'm closed. And so um, it is this whole new life for me. Congratulations. And, yeah, thank you. Thanks. Um, but it's been crazy because um, because my book is going crazy. Because I think people are starving for love and, and wanting yes. to know really how to love, you know, and, and how to do it. Right. And it's the world needs it. You know, we need, yeah. we all need it. We all need it, but we all need it the right way. You know, there's so many things that are, you know, done in the name of love that are not love. Right. Yes. And there's so many ways we hurt each other and we call it love. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's not love, you yeah. know? Like figure out what love really is and then make that the goal, make that the goal. So what I see going forward is um, I just want to spread the love. Frankly, I just, I believe strongly in what I learned. I believe strongly in the message and that it could change the world. And um, so I, you know, that's taken a lot of my time right now, which is good. I uh, will get on that soapbox and preach it and say, come on, people love each other. Let's just love yes. each other. Yes. That's one of the things that is our best foundation is love. We're actually having our fifth anniversary this um, year and it's we're we're calling it celebration of love. Yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> so, I love that. That's so yeah. awesome. Yeah. Go absolutely. you guys. <laughs> we're so good together. <laughs> It's taking wow. time. And that's even for all the listeners. Love does take time to perfect. You have to kind of practice learning how to love as well. You know, just like everything wow. else. You perfected learning how to hate. You have to perfect learning how to love. So you're so right about that. And and it doesn't mean you're never gonna argue. Right. Right? Yeah. Or it doesn't mean that there's gonna be things that I'll take you off from time to time, right? Mm -hmm. But it's the love that doesn't go away. It's love that, that keeps things civil. Yeah. Instead of, you know, blowing up at each other, screaming at each other, and pretty soon you sound like the teacher on Charlie Brown. <laughs> wah, 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 wah. You know, you're not hearing each other. Yeah. Right. Your blood pressure rises, you you know, and then before long you get so upset that you're going, and then last week you did, and three months ago you, you know, whatever, right? Yeah. Right. And it's so unproductive like that doesn't help any that solves nothing yeah. and then after a while you even forgot what the fight started with and so love can keep that you know love um is slow to anger is one of them and 
that makes a lot of sense, right? Like save your anger for injustice, you know, save your anger for the right things. And, but you can keep it down. You can have conversation yes. and yeah. work things out. Yes. Have disagreements. And then the most important thing for us is we heal it up by the end of the day. Don't let it sit. Don't let it yeah. sit there and linger and do anything. No, we, for us, we're, you know, different strokes are different folks, but yes, we, pass by each other we have a connection we're not going to be able to sit in each other we do a lot of things together so that you know feeling no it's only going to be very temporarily and it's back to a love vibration very soon and it takes practice to get That's to awesome. you know be able to fix that immediately and understand like okay we're just having a disagreement but yeah we're going to be very lovey-dovey in about 30 minutes <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it takes practice, but and determination and desire, right? Yes. Yeah. You want to live that way. You don't yes. want to be living in a fight. So, yeah. and that is know, that's awesome. That's a lot too, because some people have been trained to actually want that, like you said, to hurt each other. And we've mentioned that before. You know that some people build that relationship on hurting each other in the name of love, and that's not love. Yeah, that is not love. For sure, that's not love. Yeah, yeah so true. Yes. Yeah. Um, I guess before we close it out, um, can you, uh, and anything you want to tell them, uh, let them know where they can find your book. Sure, yes. Uh, so my name is Kim Sorrell, and I am literally the only Kim Sorrell in the entire world that is spelled the way my last name is spelled. Nice. Um, because you. there are way too many letters. S O R R E L L E, two E's, two L's, two R's. I don't even know how they did that, but whatever. Kim Sorrell. <laughs> but um, Love is, uh, is the name of the book. And um, Cry Until You Laugh, by the way, is the name of my first book uh, during my cancer journey. If anybody needs you know, to read something like that and uh, Cry Until You Laugh. But so Love is is available at Barnes and Noble, you know, at brick and mortar stores, it's available online, pretty much anywhere available on Amazon. Amazon actually has it on sale right now. Um, I guess I never knew this before, but when something gets a lot of attention, when a book gets a lot of attention, they actually put it on sale. Hmm. Seems, seems odd, but they yeah. do. But anyway, so it's there. My website is kimsterell.com. I love hearing from people. I, um, I'm starting actually, if anybody's interested, a 14 day love challenge. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so for 14 days in a row, if you hop on my Facebook, whatever, um, um, or get on my website, it's going to be on my website, uh, just 14 days in a row, uh, a different challenge for each day. And, uh, and if you sign up for it, uh, we'll send you a free wristband, a WWLD wristband. What would love do? wristband nice. and um i think and, about that what would jesus do thing bracelet all the time for some reason i really have been thinking about that yeah, yeah. well you know jesus is different to everybody right right and so answering that question is going to be different for different people but love is universal yeah. and really it comes down to the same thing yeah, yeah. But if you, if i you love that yeah i love that yeah. what would yeah. love do w it'll w do a lot it would do a lot <laughs> yeah. It does a lot, period. It has done a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's been yeah. a great, great conversation, and I'm grateful to sit here and talk to you. Yeah. Yes. 
I feel exactly the same. I wish that you were right around the corner and we could hang because <laughs> you're amazing. And, you know, if you're ever in Michigan, please, please, please. And if I'm in LA, I might knock on your door. And we Definitely. always yeah, offer, you know, throughout the invitation, if you ever want to come in and um, have an in-studio recording. Yes, we're yeah. in downtown LA. So yeah, we always invite people. If you're in yeah. LA, yeah, come right. through. Yep. Yeah, we got extra mics. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that would be amazing. I'll yes. keep that in mind. I might take you up on that. We'll be For here. Sure. Yes. Oh, we would love right. it. Yeah. So thank you again to all the listeners. And um, for the podcast, you can find us at americangypsy.com. Gypsy is spelled G Y P C. And we have merch at luamli.com. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you again to everyone. Also, if you want to hear some nice vibes, you can go check out some music on um, Spotify, iTunes, Tidal, all major platforms under Classic, K-L-A-C-C-I-K. And that's Carpenter, C-A-R-P-E-N-T-A, Classic Carpenter. Thank you again to everyone for listening. Thank you again for joining us, Kim. And consistent self-improvement to everyone. And we will see you next time. Peace. Peace.